guys, it's Zoe here from the SheHH team. Welcome back to the SheHH podcast where we interview women in Christian music all over the world. We're back with series three. In this episode, we'll be talking with UK singer-songwriter When She Speaks, all about her new EP project, Redemption, as well as how important it is to her to keep an honest and open mind when creating gospel music. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and TikTok at SheHH Podcast and share this with a friend. Hey, sis. Hey. So I was going to say, when, hey, when she speaks, but it feels it feels a bit strange yeah, to call you your like, artist name. But how would you introduce yourself to someone who doesn't know you and what you do? Um, my name's Tommy. I go by when she speaks as my artist name. But yeah, that's, that's really it. And what art are you doing? Oh, see... And is it what what don't you do <laughs> i hate that question because like it's just it's so hard i just say i'm creative that's just what i say i am a creative but mainly at the moment it's mainly um music and poetry i love that music and poetry yeah. so we actually go to the same church so it feels a bit <laughs> weird like speaking to you is like i mean not weird because you're amazing but like Thanks. i actually know you girl like yeah. i saw you on sunday you know <laughs> um and yeah she, she's really great great vibes generous Thank just you. a generous genuine person really like you a lot um <laughs> but i would love to know where your artist name when she speaks even came from okay um so i was in uni and I always wanted to do poetry because I loved poetry like growing up. I just felt like it was so easy to communicate how I felt. Mm. So I remember being in my room in first year and being like, okay, cool. I'm going to start a poetry blog. And I just sat there and I was like, what am I going to call it? And then when she speaks just came and I was like, oh, wow. All right, cool, let me just write it. And I just left it. And then I remember a week later after putting out my first post, I was reading my Bible and I came across Proverbs 31, 26. And it literally said, when she speaks, her words are wise and she gives instruction with kindness. Wow. And I was just like, this is it. Like, this is why. So you got the name even before you read that scripture. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And I was just like, well, that's it then. Like, and I was like, I'm, I'm never going to change it. Because for me, it was like the poetry that I was putting out. I always wanted it to be encouraging. I mm. always wanted to shed light on serious issues without putting too much like weight on it mm-hmm. yeah wow I love that I love when God works out like that way it's literally Honestly. like you were reading it no you you were you heard it and then mm-hmm. you read it and you're like yeah this is That's a God thing yeah <laughs> I love that um and you're like so young but you're really like yeah. your 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 like music style your mm-hmm. voice is super soulful super Thank mature you. um your vocal range is crazy people don't Thank know you now nah, your vocal range is crazy because when I heard you during worship at church where mm. you were singing um, I want to say the soprano parts the high parts yeah and then I'm watching your music video and you're singing low parts I said do you want to just can you leave some notes for the rest of us please please so like done. you Thank have such you. a wide mature vocal range and I would love to know some of the artistic um stylistic voices that you grew up listening to who've influenced Ooh. you oh lord my music, my music range is very wide. I can't okay, lie. so this is up, why. <laughs> I grew up listening to a lot of soul music. I listened to like Nat King Cole. Like wow. I listened to um, Harry Belafonte. Like that was really, really me. Um, I think Patti LaBelle and Anita Baker are two huge ones. And Ella Fitzgerald. Because yeah. I love jazz. Like I love the way it's so free flow. 
And I just love like scatting as well. So I've just yes, always been you fascinated. Were a I've always been fascinated by scatting. So I was just like, you know, I'm just gonna sit here and I would sit and watch Ella Fitzgerald for like hours and just listen to her scatting. I'm like, how does she do it? How does she find these notes? But I think it's just that freedom in just enjoying what you do. Uh so yeah, those those are definitely like my biggest ones like growing up. But I think more recently it's been Neo for sure. Oh Neo. Yes. Her range. It doesn't make sense. Her range doesn't make sense. She's so underrated. People are saying that about you as well. So just ah, so you please, know. Amen. One day. <laughs> no, I love that because I feel like those soulful jazz, jazzy tones definitely come across mm-hmm. in, in your style of music. Thank and you. speaking of the music, we're going to jump right in with some of the singles that you put out last year. Mm-hmm. It was a good year for music for When Thank She Speaks, you. like super vibey songs, heartfelt mm-hmm. I'm going to start with one of my faves. This is actually, I think, the first song that I, when I went on your Spotify, I listened to. And I was like, okay, this is what she's about. It's called Hold On. <laughs> so can you tell us a bit about this song? Maybe the story behind it, writing it. Um, and yeah, just what you were putting into the song. Uh, Hold On is, yeah, Hold On is a very, very special song to my heart. Um, I was kind of in transition from one producer to another. And I just, I really wanted to give up with music I was like this thing is long not gonna lie like (laughs) I don't really want to do it anymore and then I found a new producer in Birmingham because I was in Coventry at the the time because I was um at uni and I was just like nah this guy actually gets my sound and the day before I went to the studio I discovered um I don't know if you've heard of Red Hands yeah the the band right they're a group Yeah. yeah I and I fell in love I was like no this, this is, is it. it. Like, and I hadn't heard, because for me, it was like, I hadn't heard gospel like this in a long time. Like mm. anything that was gospel was like Kim Burrell, like back in the day, yeah, that was true. really, really heavily soulful. So hearing that, I was like, yes, people get it. So I went into the studio in the next day and I was like, I want to do something like this. And he was like, okay, cool. And then we both just sat there and looked at each other. <laughs> and he was like, start singing. Start singing. Like, <laughs> sing your lyrics. I said, I don't have any. I he was like, so you don't have any lyrics? You don't have... I was like, okay, cool. So we just looked at each other for like two minutes. And he was like, okay, cool. We started playing around with stuff. And I'd just be like, okay, keep that. Mm. Nah, leave that. Keep that. And then we basically had a bass. And he left to go get lunch and left me for about like 20 minutes. Came back and he was like, do you have anything? I was like, yeah, the song's finished. And that was literally it. Like, <laughs> Sorry, how long did it take you to write this fantastic song? About like 20 minutes. Wow. But I think at the at the same time, it was a lot of stuff that was already on my heart. Yeah, that you really I was, wanted to speak about. Yeah, because yeah. I was following um, a, what do you call this thing now? A series mm-hmm. on, um, a preaching series on YouTube by Rock City Church. And they were talking about, you know, being focused on, your purpose, being focused on what God's called you to do and mm-hmm. letting go of the things that aren't for you. So I feel like being in that series and just how my life was going at the time, mm-hmm. it was just very much on my heart. Like, yeah, this is this is what needs to be said right now. Like, yeah. 
stop being scared of everything that's going on around you and just focus and just hit the ground running. Because if you never do anything, you'll like, never get anywhere. That's true. And I love that it lined up in timings where mm-hmm. you're already listening to that series and that's when the song came out. Honestly. Again, a God thing. Literally. He'd be good at what he does. <laughs> like he's Very. really good at it, honestly. Um, and the second song is also really heartfelt and mm-hmm. like honest, which is a real theme. We're mm-hmm. going to touch on it later on, but okay. it's a real theme when everything relating to you comes out. Like you're very honest and authentic in your music and in your poetry. Mm-hmm. Foothold. Yes. This is really personal. Mm-hmm. Like it feels, I remember listening to it and like automatically thinking about the, the things I be dealing with it, you know, mm-hmm. in my life. And I was like, that only comes and happens when someone authentically puts their life into a song. So feel free to say as much or as little as you like, but what was the story behind writing Foothold? Um, again, it was another spontaneous moment. Wow. Um, I just remember being on the phone to one of my friends and being like, I, I want to work with you. And he was like, okay, cool. He was like, do you have the song? I was like, no. I, I, do you know what I mean? I was like, I don't, I just know I want to work, work with you. you. And he was like, okay, cool. And he just started playing the guitar over the phone and he was like, give me a word. So I gave over him a Over the phone, you know? Yeah, literally over, it, was, it wasn't even FaceTime, it was just over the phone. Wow. He was like, give me a word. So I gave him a random word and he just started like speaking on the spot. And I was like, okay, cool. Then he was like, I'm going to give you a word. I'm going to make it hard. And I was like, right, okay. And then he was like, foothold. And I just sat there like, what am I going to do with foothold now? <laughs> and I was just like, it's like you got a foothold on me. And then he just came up with the melody on the spot. And it was literally that. And I think after that, again, everything is, everything is God ordained. Mm-hmm. Like after that, I think it was the week after and I was studying Elijah mm. and how, you know, that when he wanted to die, and yeah. he was like, God, just take me now. I'm done. And then God was just like, rest go go to sleep eat some food eat some food and go sleep (laughs) and then he rested woke up again he was like no no no. eat some more food eat some like you need rest and I think that for me was just like a bit of an eye-opener because sometimes like growing up in church there are certain things that just never talked about as a child and I think they need to be highlighted a little bit more Mm -hmm. and me myself going through um waves of like suicidal thoughts Mm -hmm. it was just like raw like just like you did for him is what you're doing for me. And why? I think for me, it was just a big question of why, like, why do you still want me here? Like, what is it about me that you're still keeping me around? And I think that's what helped me write the rest of Foothold. It was just like, you've got something for me. Like clearly you're seeing something in me that I can't see. See myself. So yeah, that's why you want me around. And then, yeah, I knew that I wanted to put it out. It was a bit vulnerable putting it out. Yeah. But I knew that it was the right thing to do. Now, I love that you are authentically yourself in these songs. Um, And not just authentically yourself, but so honest, because Mm. it encourages other people to be honest as well. Um, And even in this Christian walk, it's not easy. Please. It's a daily (laughs) stuff. Honestly. It's a daily thing. And like, even with the next song, um, it is so. Mm -hmm. Another bop. Thank you. (laughs) A bop. Um, That that hook. um, Sin. Bye bye. Inject it in my veins. I love it. Like, I really like that song. And again, I think your honesty in that song, even though it's like a fun, mm-hmm. it's more of a bop and everything, but you're still literally saying like, hello, this is a real sin in my life. It needs to go. Yeah. Goodbye. Like, leave. I'm moving yeah. on from you. Um, what was it that made you bold enough to get to that place where you could be so personal in your music and poetry? Um, I think when I started with poetry, I was in a space where I was just going through a lot. 
there was a lot of transition going into uni. There was so much going on in my own personal life. And I felt like I couldn't speak about it just in normal words. And I don't know what it is about poetry, but it's like, it's, it's like it's not normal English. Do you know what I mean? So when I started writing, it was just a way for me to get out what mm. I needed. But then when I started the blog, I was like, I don't want to put this out and just emotionally vomit on people because I just don't think there's no, there's no progression in that. Yeah. So I was like, okay, if I'm ever going to put out any kind of poetry, there has to be some kind of redemption at the end. There has to be some kind of, you know, something to uplift somebody else at the end. So I started writing from that perspective, like, okay, cool. It's not just me going through all this stuff. Now, how can I help somebody else? So on my blog, I would write these pieces and then I would have a prayer at the end Mm. for people to read. And people would like message me and we'd have conversations about it and unlock a lot of stuff. And I was like, no, like this is clearly what people need. We're not talking enough. And I think in our generation, we don't talk. Mm -hmm. It's either we talk too much or we don't talk at all. And there's no surface level if we are talking. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) Or people just emotionally vomit on people and there's just no aftercare. And I just feel like with poetry and art in general, not just music, but films, galleries, it's a way of communicating what your heart really, really yeah. feels mm-hmm. without having to say it directly. Because yeah. I think sometimes it can be a bit overwhelming saying things yeah. directly, mm-hmm. but people need people need it for themselves. And I always say like the most successful artists in general are the ones that are the most vulnerable. Yeah, it's true. Right? Like with Dave, for example, psychodrama was impeccable because he was vulnerable yeah. do you know what I mean all the greatest artists like even when I, I went to the Bob Marley exhibition yeah, the vulnerability, Instagram. it was amazing but the vulnerability in his art mm-hmm. that's why people can connect because we're, we're emotional beings at the end of the yeah, day but we we try to act like we're passive when yeah. we're not made to be yeah so yeah I've always come from that point of like you know what I've lived my life too long being in my head mm. And going through things by myself that I would never want another person to ever feel like they're alone. Even if they can't see me or connect with me personally, at least there's something there that they can connect to. That's so good. Wow. And even like what you were talking about, adding the prayer at at the Mm -hmm. end of these blog posts. And you mentioned the word redemption. Mm -hmm. I don't just love the word redemption because I'm a very Christian Christian Mm -hmm. and, you know, Jesus redeemed us. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Um, But also you did... February 2020, which is the current month, uh, 2022, which is the current month we're filming this in, um, you did a live EP, like a whole Mm. live show, a whole live experience called The Journey to Redemption. Yeah. Which, (laughs) (laughs) sorry, I just tried to take a breath because this this live EP, I want to call it a live experience. Like I went on this journey with you. It was beautifully produced, beautifully shot. The sound engineering's on point. The live band is amazing. The backing vocalists are iconic. You look phenomenal. You Thank sound you. phenomenal. <laughs> Even just how you, I like, I know, because I, I know you, I know mm-hmm. you're quite a like chill person. You're not very in your face. Yeah. But even the way you spoke between the songs, it wasn't forceful, but it was mm-hmm. also like guiding, like a guide taking you along this journey. It was beautiful. Thank I'm you. I'm talking a lot because it was <laughs> lovely. Like I would love for you to tell the people watching, the people listening Mm. about the journey to redemption. Yeah. So I never planned to do it. Okay. It wasn't actually in the plans at all. Like I knew I wanted to do more songs, but I just didn't know what I wanted to do. And then last year, I think around summertime, 
like God was telling me you're going to do something, something's going to happen mm-hmm. and it's going to birth something in you. Wow. And I was just like, oh, I was kind of on the fence. Like, okay, cool. I, I don't have a choice. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, it just is what it is. And then obviously you were there for when I gave my testimony yeah. in church. And that was the birthing season. That was just like, okay, cool. We're taking you elsewhere. And I remember, because at the time when I was going through all the health complications, I was working full time. Yeah, 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 and I didn't want to take time off work. Like as much as some days I felt like I wanted to, like just to be like, you know what, this is how I feel. Oh, like poor me. Yeah, I just kept going, kept going, and I'm so grateful that I did. Wow, Cause, really? Yeah, because there was one day I went into work, and because I was having allergic reactions at the same time as everything else, I was just in my head that day but I just needed to be present with other people and because I was working in theatre there was a lot of music going around so it was just really helpful and I remember there was one lunch break the band just started having like a jam and they started playing like this really heavy song and no words of a lie like I felt like my heart just opened like I didn't realize how tight my chest was Mm. or like how anxious I was actually feeling but the moment they started playing that it was like my heart just opened and literally the bridge of redemption just started coming out. I just grabbed my phone and started recording it into my phone. I was like, I don't know what this is for, mm. but I'm going to use it. And I just left it there. And that's literally how things started being birthed from there. I was like, okay, cool. What's, what, what am I going to do with this bit? Left it to itself. And then I had a meeting with my team. And one guy on my team was just like, I think you should do a project called Redemption. I was just like, yeah, whatever, <laughs> whatever. I was just airing him for time. And then I sat back and I was like, you're actually onto something. Yeah. And then we started talking about colours and we were like, red, red is really the colour we want to go for. And we're like, okay, cool, the journey to redemption. And then by the time we had finished planning everything and we'd written the songs and everything, it was like, now I get it. It is my redemption story. Like from beginning to end, it's my redemption story. Like the things that I've been through and just being honest about the ups and downs of faith. And like I don't know if you saw the um thing that I wrote about what it means but in the description I said that it's not that it's a journey to being redeemed but the the journey of realizing that I am and I think that's what it was for me that I got I finally got to that place where I was like no I am actually saved yeah. no God actually does love me regardless of the things that are going on in life yeah. things are going to happen it's happen. never promised that you know we're going to live a smooth, smooth sailing, sailing. Life. <laughs> it, it's, it's a lie like anyone yeah. who tells you that it's, it's a lie lying. do you know what I mean yeah. and I think just being open and vulnerable just being like okay cool I'm letting people into what it really looks like yeah. for me because it may not look like that for other people but I know that there are other people who have been through similar things to me and worse so I think it was very important for me just being honest and being open no even you said oh yeah you might have heard my testimony Mm -hmm. since I was crying in that service I was bawling in my (laughs) eyes I said I came to look cute and I was crying um and this is a podcast Mm -hmm. for women by women Mm -hmm. so I don't know I'm gonna give you the space to say as little as much as you'd like but if you could just share a bit about as much as you're comfortable with Mm -hmm. about your testimony um and I think people listening and watching will understand why I think women Mm. need to hear how God would really intervene in your life yeah um I just remember I was just feeling really like drab for some reason and I didn't understand what was going on and I just remember sitting in my living room one day 
with my mom and I just felt like I just felt it just you know just to feel it and I found a lump and I was like that's new but you know like you get glands and stuff so I was like okay maybe it's just maybe it's just a gland maybe it's nothing like to worry about but I just kept feeling I was like this doesn't something doesn't Mm -hmm. feel right so I told my mom and I was like this is this is normal right and she felt it and then she like her face just said everything and I was just like, yeah, no, this this can't be happening right now. I lay down. She probably felt it. She was like, we need to book you an appointment ASAP. So it was like helter-skelter trying to get me an appointment, especially because of COVID and everything. Things were just all over the place. So we'd booked the appointment, but my mum was just like not comfortable knowing that it was in like two weeks time. Mm. So my auntie, she's she's also a doctor. So we drove to her house in Gravesend. And she she helped me check like other things because I was having allergic reactions at the same time. Like a lot of things were happening. And she checked my reaction. She was like, oh yeah, you, you'll be okay. Like take this, take that. And I was having allergic reactions to things that I was given by the doctors oh, as well. Wow. It was just a whole mare. And then I brought it up to her and I was like, can you check this please? And she felt it and she was like, oh, like that's all she that said. O. I I didn't have words. Like I honestly didn't have words. She was like, Do you want us to pray? And I was just like, <laughs> I wanna pray, yeah, but the fact that you want me to pray means yeah, that there's something, something wrong. Yeah. That there's something Because nobody wrong. be eating chocolate cake and saying, Let's pray for the cake. Do you, you know, know what I mean? it's a bad thing. It's something is going on. I was yeah. just like, Right, okay, okay. And I tried not to panic because I was like, this is not the time to panic. This is the time to pray. Mm-hmm. So I prayed and I went home and I was just like, okay, okay, cool. This this is this is interesting. But I was work obviously I was working at the same time. So I was just like, you know what, I'm just gonna go to work, do what I need to do, be fully invested in my work, and then come home. And it was very tough. It was very, very tough. I remember being downstairs in my auntie's house that day and just calling like my three closest friends and being like, this is the situation. I need you guys to join me in prayer. And then just like their reaction and God, I'm so thankful for my friends because not a single one of them was scared. Not a single one of them was shaken, nothing. Like I remember calling them and they laughed. They're like, huh? Not this time. That's not going to be the story. Okay, cool. Let's pray. And like they either prayed for me on the spot or took time out to pray for me. And yeah so after that I just started losing weight like my weight was just dropping because I was around a size 12 at the time and I dropped to like an eight six and it was just like it was really hard because I wear baggy clothes normally so then my baggy clothes now being so baggy that I can't wear them it's not funny sorry it's not even but you know it was just like Jeez, it's no longer okay. a stylistic choice you know and I was you know through the pandemic I was working hard to gain that weight <laughs> I was working hard and then just losing it within yeah. the space of like two weeks wow it was just like whoa and at first I was like no maybe I'm paranoid maybe I'm not actually losing weight but putting on my trousers was the worst bit because it was just like they were literally dropping at my waist and I was having to buy like new jeans and stuff so I was just like, okay, something is really, really yeah. wrong. Went to my um, GP appointment and she was just like, but you're so young. Because oh. at the time I was 22. 
oh, but you're so young, you know. This is so rare for someone your age. And I'm Why like, is she telling that you're, to not, you? <laughs> you're not helping me. Oh, she was wow. like, this, this is so rare for someone your age, but you know, it's not impossible. I don't think it is, but I don't know. I'm just Ma? She didn't she didn't know. She was so she was like the placement of it. Because it was moving. Oh my gosh. Like one day it will be to the right. Next day it will be to the, Like it was literally shifting. And she was like, I just don't know. I can't tell you for sure. She was like, you know what? I'm going to have to book you in with the hospital. So they booked me in the hospital to then have a scan. And yeah, it was just, it was a lot. Like obviously your parents try not to panic as well, but you know, them being on the edge. Every everyone's on edge. Do you know yeah. what I mean? But everyone's still prayerful. And I remember it was either it was the Sunday before um my hospital appointment. And I remember watching Transformation Church. And it was that one Sunday where it just ended up being a whole worship session, the whole mm-hmm. service. And I just remember just bawling my eyes out and just like holding my side and praying and just being like, God, there's no way this this is the situation like this can't end this way and it was almost as if it intensified like for the next like three days because I remember my appointment was on on a Wednesday Mm. and it just intensified and there was one particular night where I genuinely could not breathe like I was just (laughs) through the night and I was I remember praying and being like you know what God if I sleep right now, because I really need to sleep, I'm exhausted, my body, like, and I couldn't sleep on this side because it was on mm. this side, couldn't sleep on this side of my body because I was literally in pain from the top of my shoulder to like the middle of my calf. I was in pain. And just being like, you know what, God, if I go to sleep right now and I don't wake up, then I know that it's done. But if I wake up tomorrow, there's more for me. There has to be more for me. And I woke up and I was like, all right, cool. Let's get ready for work. Let's go. Because if I'm here, let me at least be here and give it my best. So yeah, I just remember the day of my appointment, I had work afterwards and I told work, okay, cool. I have an appointment in the morning and I'll be coming in afterwards. You were going into work? Listen, I was so, my brain was so determined that this was not going to be the end of my story. Wow. That I I got dressed for work and I went to the hospital appointment because I was like, I'm leaving this place. I'm not getting, I'm not even going to think about getting admitted into this place. Wow. It's not going to happen. It's like, yes, I had that bit of like angst in me, but the amount of people that were praying with me and my mentors being like, no, you need to find a church. You Cause at the time I wasn't in imprint properly yet. Yeah, okay. You need to find a church. You need to be solid and you need to focus because this is not a time to play. That was when I was like, okay, cool. Let me, let me not even mope about and be like, woe is me because now it's actually not the time. You don't have time for that. Cause God forbid, what if it was going to be a mad situation? Mm. I don't have time to be, to pity myself. I don't. So I went into the appointment. I sat there. Bear in mind, I felt my, I felt the side of my breast before I went to the appointment. And it was there. It was there. It was there. I've gone in for this scan and the guy has scanned me. He said, I don't know why you're here. I literally have goosebumps. I'm ready to go, right? Okay. He said, I don't know why you're here. I said, what do you mean? Like, I'm actually trying not to cry. I'm trying not to Woo! cry. Sis. Why, why are you doing this? <laughs> no, sorry. Wow. Yeah. He was like, why are you here? I said, what do you mean? He said, there's nothing there. Look at the scan. He took a picture of the scan, like, because they print it out straight yeah. away. 
and there was nothing there. Wow. I felt my side, there was nothing there. And I just remember leaving and being like, thank you. And being silent the whole car ride back. My dad was like, oh, everything good? I was like, yeah, it, it's, it's fine, it's, it's, it's not there. He was like, okay. <laughs> like, I promise you, for like three days, I just couldn't deep it. Like, I wasn't wow. deep in what was happening. I was like, what? <laughs> because for me, it was like, okay, cool. It's one thing to have the lump, but the pain and the losing weight. The weight I was loss. like, something is genuinely happening to my body right now. So when he was like, it wasn't there anymore. I felt it and it wasn't there anymore. God. It just, ah. Oh. Yeah. Master healer. Ma honestly. Like master. Honestly. And I think that for me was just like, yeah. Like God actually sees me. Yeah. He actually sees me and he actually hears me because it could have been a different story. It could have been a completely different story. Yeah. I'm still, yeah, I'm still in, <laughs> in awe of that situation because till now I don't get it. A month later, I received the letter saying, yeah, we just want to confirm that there was absolutely nothing found, wow. blah, blah, blah. Perfectly fine. If you ever find any other issues, please do come back. But there's no need. Wow. It's just like. That's so powerful. Do you know how, sorry, can we, okay. <laughs> how many women have been killed by this disease? How many women? I genuinely well, felt I was next. God said, no, you actually have tomorrow and the day after tomorrow and the day after. This is why I was so excited to see the live EP mm. because you have so much to give. Like, mm. you, okay, fair, let's take out like the fact that you're actually incredibly talented Thank and you. you're so diverse in your just mm. um, creative bringings. <laughs> yes. But like the story, just even the story, they say that like cancer affects what is it one in four people or something yeah. like that many people in this country yeah to hear someone be healed from it do you know how life transforming that is it's ridiculous you're about to make me cry on my own <laughs> podcast are you are you are you proud of yourself <laughs> no thank you for sharing that um i feel like this is an issue that yeah men and women experience but yeah. like breast cancer just be taking out women and Often. to have you on here as an artist who sings from a place of like i am healed i am mm -hmm. whole is life giving. And I want to mm. thank you for even sharing that because again, I never take for granted people being willing to share the personal stories of how God has been there for them. Because mm -hmm. I think that those, that's the most important thing in our lives in what we do. Um, so thank you. Thank you. First of all. Um, and then even just to go back to the question, cause I completely mm -hmm. diverted when I was asking <laughs> about your testimony, but yeah, vocally, like you're amazing live. I've seen you sing live at church and everything, but would you say you're more of a, live vocalist or you know were you a studio babe what's your go-to oh I think live I think live because I think with live you get to be a bit more free mm -hmm. with studio I'm so, I'm such a perfectionist so even listening back to the audio <laughs> for that live I was like this is terrible okay well like, I'll be not so, go that far I'll be so <laughs> I was like I sound terrible incorrect you don't but anyway <laughs> so I think just being in the moment and enjoying the mm. moment is more what I'm focused on when I'm actually performing live I think with studio I have to be more like precise and on point and I think sometimes my perfectionism gets in the way and I could be there for hours and hours and hours and I won't give myself a break 
So I do prefer live just for that freeness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Um, when I was prepping for this interview mm-hmm. and when we were kind of putting a date in and everything, I asked you what you would like to talk about. I asked mm-hmm. what you were passionate about. And sis, and I quote said, I'm passionate about keeping keeping authenticity, the soft life and being open and honest in gospel music. And so mm-hmm. I was like, okay, we've got a lot to talk about them because <laughs> GHH is all about um, promoting and encouraging women in Christian music all around the world. Mm-hmm. People that take music as ministry, whether that is as artists or um, as songwriters or whether it is as producers mm-hmm. or literally music managers, whatever sphere that's in. And a big part of that is writing and creating from a personal and honest place. We've spoken about it all throughout this interview so yeah. far already, but I would love to know what keeping authenticity even means to you as a person and as an artist. Um, For me, it's like everyone's story is so different. Everyone's story is so individual. But even though we have our own stories, we always we can always find like similarities between each other. And I think we were all created one person. Like there's never going to be another one of you. That's good. So why be somebody else? Why not just be who you are to the fullest Mm -hmm. and be the best version of you possible than trying to be something else and trying to be someone else. And I think growing up, I did really struggle trying to like have a different sound or be like anyone else. Cause being in choir, growing up in a Pentecostal church, like I didn't have, I didn't have the voice. I didn't have it. Everyone else was doing riff and run and I was just there like, hmm, okay. Not riff and run. <laughs> and I couldn't, I, I promise you, I could not, I could not. And I always used to hate my voice because I was like, I feel like I sound like a child. I didn't like it. I didn't like it at all. I felt like I sounded so whiny. So I hated listening back to myself. <laughs> But I think I just grew up and I was just like, you know what? This is, this takes a lot of energy, you know, like trying to be something else. It's a bit jarring. Like it's a lot. let me just be myself mm-hmm. and coming from a place of not trying to be myself so that people will accept me, but being myself because I accept me. That's good. I mean? That's yeah. really good. I think you have to get to a place where you accept yourself first before you can actually be yourself. Because if you in yourself aren't happy with you Mm. how can you then flourish and be yourself it it doesn't work it doesn't go hand in hand there'll always be a part of you that's trying to be something else yeah you first have to accept that this is who you are and there's nothing wrong with it and just be that's that's really good that's it's true how can Mm. you expect people to accept you if you're out here trying to change every single part of who you are um I've had the privilege of starting to get to know you I feel like there's still layers to get to know you but um one thing that I always gas you on always without fail every time I see her and I will do this to the day I go from this beautiful green earth that God made your fashion and your style guys no you actually always look put together but it's always effortless it's not like forced Mm -hmm. it's not like oh let me study and and practice what I'm gonna like you always just look like effortlessly gorgeous from the hair from this hair is new by the way she used to have locks she used to have locks okay (laughs) from the hair to the makeup to like the outfit you Mm. always just look put together and I just want to know if like fashion is a style and style is like a, a place where you get to explore your creativity as well yeah definitely I think growing up I always did the absolute most like style wise I did the absolute most I, like things that didn't make sense <laughs> I must swear them <laughs> no like literally like I was I was the babe with the superman top you know the superman tops everyone used to <laughs> at 
was me. That was me. So I think I just I just didn't care. I didn't care what anyone had to say. Like, this is what I want to wear, you know. And I think because growing up, I wasn't really like as secure with like my body and size. So that's where the baggy stuff started to come in. Mm. But then it was like, I actually like this. Like, this is kind of cool. And I just stuck to it. And I've just always liked streetwear. But I think that whole balance of like being feminine. Yeah, I was going to say. But also being like laid back and just, you know. Cool. Yeah. Just cool. Like, I always liked that. Like, people like Tiana Taylor were people I was like, oh my gosh, like, how does she physically do it? And I would always be like, yeah, that's that's how I want to dress. Like, obviously not as explicit. But <laughs> it's very skin. Yeah. But, you know. <laughs> but like the baggy fits and just like feeling comfortable. Because for me, comfort is everything. Girl, that's comfort my next is, question. Oh my God. I have to be comfortable if I'm not comfortable I'm not wearing it that's that's the end of that like if I'm not comfortable I won't wear it now speaking on comfortability mm-hmm. soft life okay oh, is this just a buzzword that influencers yeah mm-hmm. influencers love to push down our throats or is this a lifestyle and what it does is. it actually mean to you it is it is <laughs> and since I've started this soft life well <laughs> I don't want stress again do you know what it is I think for years, like, it's always been like, oh, what's next? What's next? What are you going to do? And do this and do that. I'm putting so much pressure on myself. And for me, soft life is just like, hey, just be. Let it go. What needs to be will be. That's not saying you won't be motivated to achieve your goals. But I'm not going to put so much heavy pressure mm. on myself that I'm not going to enjoy life. Like, I remember doing a theatre training last year and we were told to write out our goals. And we wrote out our goals for the next... 10 years and I was like okay cool nice then they were like okay write your goals for your own personal life outside of your career outside of all of that what are your goals what do you actually want to do so we wrote those down and they were like okay now fit your career goals in between the gaps of your life goals and they were like that's how life should be because if you let your career goals shape your life Mm. you will never have a life Mm. and I was like oh word it's true and I think because we've we've been like conditioned to have this mindset that you have to work 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 or you won't have a life constantly but you need to have a balance or else you will go insane Mm. and I remember there was a girl on um on the training as well and she was in her 30s and she was talking about this and that about her career but she wanted to get married she wanted to have a child and she was like you know I'm an actress like when am I gonna have time and they were like nah you do your life and build your career around your life. If you want to have a child, my dear, have a child. Go have your child and let life happen. happen. Don't try and fit your life around your career because you'll never be at peace. You'll never That's be true. happy or never feel fulfilled. Come on, soft life. I'm you here for to. it. Oh, please. <laughs> soft life. <laughs> um, wow, that was beautiful. I'm I'm trying to embrace soft life, you know, because I'm tired. To. I feel like I've been perpetually tired since like GCSE, since like year nine. (laughs) I can't do it anymore. Soft life. Um, As well as being like a singer, songwriter, Mm -hmm. poet, you do so many other things. And I I didn't even know you like work in theatre because we've had Mm -hmm. conversations about theatre. I was like, damn, she's so knowledgeable. Like, do you remember (laughs) what I was telling you? I was like, I really want to go see more shows. And you were like, oh, have checked out? I was like, how does she have these links to to her disposal? But clearly now I get it. But um directing as well is a big mm-hmm. thing you do you also do voice acting just tell us I mean I know you said you're creative or mm-hmm. through and through but let us know a bit more about the journey outside of music of other 
things you've been able to explore as a creative? Yeah, I think theatre has always been my biggest thing. Like growing up, just being in the theatre space, going to shows, being in shows, like doing like the little summer camps and stuff. So I was always like heavily involved with theatre and I loved theatre so much. And I think because of the fact that it was so immersive, like I I can't be distracted. It's just me and the stage. So I always loved that. So yeah, I just always wanted to be involved with theatre. I didn't know, I didn't actually know I was going to get into theatre until I took my gap year from uni because I was like, I need to figure out what I want to do with myself. Mm. Took the gap year and yeah, went forward and started doing the directing training because at my old church, I directed our Christmas production. Wow. Yeah, and it went really well. Like it was, it was really, really good. I was very surprised. And I was like, (laughs) okay, maybe I should take this directing thing seriously. Mm -hmm. Did the training and I did two directors trainings. And then from that training was when I got my first directing um, job and was assistant directing job at the Young Vic, which was amazing. At the Young Vic? That's wild. It was amazing. Sorry, she just did that in like it's not the Young Vic. <laughs> oh, wow. It was amazing. It was amazing. It just made me go, yeah, like this is actually what I want to mm-hmm. do. Um, so yeah, that was that with theatre. Voice acting was also something that just came randomly. Um I remember talking to an old friend and they were like, oh, you have such a BBC voice. And I was like, what <laughs> does that even mean? Yeah. yeah, I was like, thanks, but what does that mean? And I, and he was like, no, like you should you should try doing like radio or stuff. And I was like, whatever. And I remember talking to my other friend and being like, you know, he said that I should do radio. And he was like, you know what? I'm going to look into that it. for you. <laughs> Sent me a random link and was like, sign up. I signed up. And then that's literally been it. Like, I just remember getting jobs like back to back for like a space of like four weeks. And I was just wow. like, okay, this is a thing. This is a, this is a thing. So it's just always been like little things here and there. I've never like fully like been heavily invested in things other than music and theater and poetry, mm-hmm. but I've just always been open to just doing anything that's like expressive mm-hmm. and would always be beneficial as well. So wow. yeah, what a blessing. No, I think that you said something really vital there mm. about being open. I think sometimes as creatives, we get really rigid in what we believe we are, mm-hmm. um, mainly because it's easy to categorize if you have one or two things. Once you get to three and four, it's like, oh, I'm just multifaceted because mm. I do this and that. And that's not a problem. Like yeah. we are made to be different and to do multiple things. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can do multiple things well. I like how you said that you have seasons of doing things. Yeah. You're not like doing directing back to back and then also singing back to back. And yeah. also, because girl, you need to sleep. Sleep. Hashtag soft life. Okay. <laughs> so, no, I, I really, really do appreciate that. Um, you've just dropped this live EP. Yeah. What's next from When She Speaks? Um, I really want to work with new people. Okay. Like, I really want to collaborate with people and collaborate with artists. I think it being like essentially my first year of doing music now it's like okay cool I've actually put something substantial now people can be like okay this is actually her sound it gives me a bit more room to like work with artists that make sense Mm -hmm. with the sound Mm -hmm. that I'm going for so yeah I really want to work with new people and just expand really expand my pen just really focus and create more art who would you love to obviously I mean I'm not saying she has that much reach but who would you love to collab with? Oh, okay. Right, right now, Ria Marcia. Ria Marcia. Oh my. Okay, so we have Soon. we have reach. <laughs> that could happen. <laughs> no, it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. I've, I've had a few conversations. So yes. It will happen. <laughs> that would definitely happen. But if I was gonna say someone like, it would definitely be Jennifer Reynolds. 
Jonathan Reynolds. I love it. Why are you whispering these names? Let's shout it from the rooftops. Jonathan Reynolds will look for you. Okay, this will happen. Amen. Because I just feel like, again, like, He's very authentic and yeah. the things that he talks about. Yeah. Like I remember listening to No Grey in Sixth Form and being like, Okay. Well, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Triggered. I said, who's, who's reading my thoughts? How dare you? Literally. Yeah. So yeah, definitely Jonathan Reynolds. Okay. I mean, that it may seem far-fetched mm-hmm. now, but a lot of things felt far-fetched until they happened. So True. just keep working at it. And I feel like I would love to see more collabs from you. Rhea Marcia makes sense because mm-hmm. of your sound. But I think there are a lot of female and male artists within that sound, or yeah. even within the UK right now, yeah. that you collabing with will be phenomenal to hear. So I'm 100%. excited. I'm very excited. Um, yeah, like how can even people keep up with you and what you're doing? Where's the pl- best places to reach you? Yeah. I'd say best place probably Insta. Yeah. You're an Insta, Insta babe. Yeah. Yeah. To be honest, I really don't like social media. <laughs> Why do artists always say this? I, it was like, if I, didn't, if I didn't need it for music, I wouldn't no, be on I wouldn't be honestly, on Honestly, if I didn't need it, I would have a brick phone. <laughs> be honest. <laughs> but yeah, it's mainly Instagram. Um, not really on Twitter like that. You can sometimes, but yeah, mainly Instagram and then YouTube for mm-hmm. like my poetry stuff and more music to come as well. I've seen music videos as well, like mm-hmm. visual visuals to things. Yeah, as well. definitely super exciting. Um, final question: mm-hmm. Chh Classic. We always love to know because we're really big on legacy and what we leave on this earth. Mm-hmm. What is one thing or it can be a combina- uh, combination of things. Mm-hmm. What's something that you would love people to know you by? When is your mm-hmm. time to go way in the future? Because you're very young, okay? But way in the future, when it's God's time to call you home, mm-hmm. what would you love people to say about you? Take a second. Ooh, Take a second. What would I love people to say about me? She was an artist. Because again, when she speaks for me, isn't just music, mm. the poetry, the writing, because I'm a, I'm also a script writer as well. So <laughs> Ma'am. I, I'm going to have some stuff on screen in Jesus' name. Amen. So I want people to know that I was an artist. Like for me, my biggest inspirations are Jamie Foxx and Donald Glover because they're not linear. They don't they're do not, one thing. But yeah. when, and when they die, you're going to know them for their music videos, but you're going to know them for their movies. You're going to know them for- their TV shows. Exactly, like the voice acting with Jamie Foxx yes. doing Come at the Frog. Like he did a lot. He's done a lot. He a was lot. in Marvel as well. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Everything. Wow. Everything. Yeah. So I think that's that's what I want people to know that she literally was an artist and she left things that like like I want people to be able to look back on my stuff and it still apply to them. Mm-hmm. And they can use it like beneficially for themselves. So yeah, that's what I would want. I love that so much. Thank you so much for sharing your heart with us. Thank really you. appreciate it. Thank you. Hi guys. I hope you enjoyed that episode. If you did, make sure to leave a like rating wherever you're listening to this and to follow us on Instagram at shehhpodcast.